Hey, welcome to The Quest. We're really glad that you're with us today. Each and every one of you are so important to us, and especially if you're just checking us out, we're really glad that you're with us as well. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, or what our passions are, visit our website at FresnoQuest.com, or you can simply scan the QR code and it'll provide a link. That link will take you to our website. It just kind of speeds up the process. Also, for all of you, if you find this talk to be helpful in any way, we encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this video. Also, that you would share it on the social media platforms that you're a part of. It helps us connect with people, and it helps us connect people to God. And that's really our vision. It's really what we're about. Creatively love and lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. I'm really excited about the series that we're starting titled, Like Jesus. And I'm going to take just a bit of a different approach as we begin the series. I'm going to set it up and kind of look at why it's so important that we act like Jesus. And I'm going to deal with something that is not maybe directly at you personally. It's directed at us. In fact, it's probably directed at every Christ follower. It's something that we need to really look at. Maybe it's something that we need to allow God to deal with in our lives. I don't know if you ever have one of those moments in your life. They're no, they don't happen all the time, but they're moments just the same. Where the life that we live looks nothing like the Jesus we follow, I hate that. It usually happens for me while I'm driving. The attitude coming from me doesn't look like the Jesus in me. And of course, others are quick to point that out, which I appreciate so very much. Now, here's the problem with that scenario where my actions look nothing like the Jesus I follow, or maybe my temperament looks nothing like the Jesus I follow, and especially while I'm driving, the, the issue is I have a sticker on the back window of my car. And the sticker simply says, He is greater than I. It identifies me as a Christian, as a Christ follower. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not the problem. I'm not ashamed of being a Christ follower. The real problem is I don't always act like Christ while I'm driving. And I don't want my actions while I'm driving to discredit Jesus that I follow. I think you get my dilemma. And don't think you're all high and mighty because I know that kind of stuff happens to you as well. It happens to all of us. But it does. It creates a tension in me. And that tension is I don't want to discredit the Jesus that I follow. Do you ever feel like that? Here's the challenge that we face. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that faces it. But you can write this down if you'd like. People's opinion of Jesus can reflect their encounters with followers of Jesus. That means people's opinions of Jesus can reflect their encounters with me and how I act and what I say and what I do and how I treat others. So in my case, I don't want to be a bad reflection on Jesus. So what I'm thinking about doing is just taking the sticker off the back of my car. That fixes the problem, right? No, it doesn't fix the problem. It actually makes it worse. Because now I claim to follow Jesus without identifying with Jesus. Or, now I claim to follow Jesus, but I refuse to act like Jesus. And that's the issue that we're looking at today. It's called hypocrisy. See, when it comes to being like Jesus, here's the temptation that I believe all of us face, and that's this, you write it down. We would rather distance ourselves from what exposes our true selves than allow it to expose our need for change. That's a big part of our problem. We don't want to acknowledge our need for continued change. We want to come across as better than we actually are. The issue that we're looking at in this hypocrisy is we tend to see our problem as a behavior modification issue in our lives. 
In other words, my actions don't reflect Jesus, so I need to change my behavior so that it reflects Jesus. But changing my behavior on my own willpower is really difficult, and you know what? I'm going to deal with that another time. That's kind of how we think. That's kind of how we approach it. So it never really does get dealt with in our lives. It, It becomes repressed in our lives. See, when we choose to follow Jesus, part of what that means is this. As followers of Jesus, we are learners of Jesus. Followers of Jesus are not perfect people. We're learners of Jesus. And somehow, somewhere, we started believing the lie that Satan was feeding us that followers of Jesus should have it all together. Following Jesus, being a learner of Jesus, is allowing the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus to mold and shape our lives. Jesus said it this way. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yoke is a metaphor for teachings. Take my teachings upon you and learn from me. Now listen, Jesus' teachings are way more than behavior modification. To learn from Jesus is to understand his values, to understand his principles, to understand his priorities. And and that's a feeling you can write in on your notes that's really important. To become like Jesus is to allow his values to become your values. We will always have an internal fight, an internal tension within us when we are forced to be redefined or reshaped, or reformed, or changed by values that are not our own. Because the truth is, if they're not our own values, then we don't really care about them. They're not a part of us. We don't live according to values that we have not completely bought into. So if we're trying to change behavior based on someone else's values, namely Jesus's values, When those values are not our values, there's always going to be an internal conflict within us. See, the reason that this is so important is this. Our values shape our behaviors. They shape our attitudes. They shape how we act. They shape how we live. They determine what is important in our life and why it's important in our life. When Jesus' values are our values, that's when we start acting like Jesus. Because we're bought in. When his values are not our values, that's when we pretend to be something that we're not. That's what we're looking at today. It's this issue of hypocrisy. Jesus warned about hypocrisy when he said this. He said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisee, their hypocrisy. And I like how the Living Bible Translate says it. It says, more than anything else, beware of these Pharisees and the way that they pretend to be good when they aren't. But such hypocrisy cannot be hidden forever. Pharisees in Jesus' time were respected religious types of people. But they made their religiosity a show for others. They were constantly displaying before others how good they were. These Pharisees, they wanted to display on the outside that they were better than others. But on the inside, they were the same as others. This hypocrisy that Jesus warned about is just as dangerous for us today. And that's because of this. Many people distance themselves from Jesus because of the hypocrisy that they see in those who follow Jesus. Studies have shown for quite a while that people leave the church, and these same studies also say that people don't go to church or that they don't want to go to church for all the same reason. 
hypocrisy that they see in other people. And what happens is, is some Christians even joke about it. So when people say, I don't go to church because they're all hypocrites, then people tend to respond, join us, there's always room for one more. The problem with that statement is it comes across that hypocrisy is okay. Or it dismisses the hurt that hypocrisy has caused other people. They've been hurt and disappointed by the behavior of somebody that claims to be a Christ follower. See, the truth is, is that we can't be okay with the fact that the hypocrisy in us affects others in a negative way. Because here's the issue that we're looking at. Hypocrisy prevents us from being like Jesus. It keeps us from the very thing that God is trying to create in us because we keep our heart in the dark rather than exposing it to the light of God, acknowledging the inconsistencies within us. So here's what hypocrisy is not. Hypocrisy is not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did. See, no one is perfect. It's not the difference between how we behave and how we wish we behaved. Like, I wish I didn't have those thoughts, but I did. Or I wish I didn't do that or say that, but I did. Paul talked about this when he said it this way. He says, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. And I really do believe that that's a key issue, what Paul just said. Hypocrisy is the problem of not being put off with the inconsistencies within us. Paul said that these inconsistencies, he despised them. They bothered him. He didn't want them a part of his life. And sometimes some of us are okay with the inconsistencies. They don't bother us. They don't put us off. That's the problem. But maybe you're not okay with them. Another thing that we tend to do is we try to hide them. See, sin is a part of our human nature that God is constantly dealing with and constantly changing in our lives. We will always struggle with these inconsistencies in our lives until we get to heaven. We won't struggle with the same inconsistencies because God changes us, but there are inconsistencies that we will always deal with. They always will come to the surface that God will be dealing with in our lives. But it doesn't mean that we excuse them. Here's what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is the difference between who I claim to be publicly and how I live privately. It's the difference between what I say I am and how I actually live. It's who we claim to be and who we really are when no one's looking. Hypocrisy is also a heart issue. We believe it's okay to be less than authentic with others. And the issue is because we want to look better than we actually are. We want to look better to others, better than others, so we don't acknowledge our true condition. Here's the definition of hypocrisy. It's the practice of claiming to have moral standards to which our behavior does not conform or match. What the word hypocrisy literally means is an actor, a stage player, one who hides behind a mask, one who pretends to be someone they are not. When Jesus was talking to his disciples about this hypocrisy issue, I like how the message reads it. I want to read it for you. It says, Jesus says, watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with Pharisee yeast, Pharisee phonies. You can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, 
the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The days coming when these whispers will be repeated all over town. See, this mask that we wear is a facade that creates distance between us and God. It creates distance between us and others. Jesus identified this when he said this. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. And, and what Isaiah prophesied is he said that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, their words didn't match their heart. The mask that we wear gives a false impression of something that we are not. Something other than our true selves. It gives the illusion of something in us that is not there. That's what Jesus was talking about in the book of Matthew. About how hypocrisy gives this illusion or this facade of something that is there that is not there. And it comes out of Jesus' exposure to a fig tree. Listen to how it says it. In the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. And he went over to see if there were any figs. But there were only leaves. And he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. Here's how this pertains to this hypocrisy issue. The leaves on a fig tree protect the fruit. But when there is no fruit, the leaves give a false image. It's an image of something that should exist but doesn't exist. It's an image of something that should be there that is actually not there. That's what hypocrisy is. And Jesus cursed this tree for that reason, to show how much he hated hypocrisy. And I believe it's this way. I believe that the reason why Jesus hated it so much is because hypocrisy communicates that we have it all together, we don't need help, and that we're better than others. If we're ever going to demonstrate the love of Jesus, then we've got to have the compassion of Jesus. And to have the compassion of Jesus, we have to have the heart of Jesus. We have to understand why hypocrisy at its core undermines us acting like Jesus. It causes us to be less than authentic. We become fake and we become less than genuine because the truth is we don't have it all together. The truth is we do need help. The truth is we are not better than others. And the truth is we cannot love God and we cannot love people if we are not real with God and real with people. Here's how Paul said it in 2 Corinthians. He says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. I would say it's time for us to drop the mask. It's time for us to confess to God, to confess to people who we really are. What are our struggles? What are the things that God's dealing with us about? Because the truth is, God is always dealing with us about things. And somehow we have hidden behind the shame of what God is dealing with us rather than excited about what God is dealing with us. It's excited about our struggles that God... Because listen, the scripture says that He is made perfect in our weakness. As we come clean with our weaknesses, our inconsistencies, it shows our dependency on Jesus Himself. It's time to put away the facade. But people say, you know what, I'm too afraid to do that. I would say it's just the opposite. When we come clean with God and others, and you can write this point down, we have nothing to fear when we have nothing to hide. See, one of the issues with this hypocrisy issue is that we're being dishonest. 
It prevents us from being honest with God, and it prevents us from being honest with others. The truth is, is that you may have something to hide, but hiding it doesn't remove it, and it doesn't change it, nor does it change us. I think a great scripture that protects us and keeps us from hypocrisy is, is what David said in Psalms 139. Now, if you remember, David is a recovering hypocrite himself. He gets called out by a prophet for the judgment that he has on someone else when David himself is doing the exact same thing. And David's prayer is what I believe helps prevent hypocrisy from creeping in. And here's that prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's what we need to do. We need to invite Jesus to search us, to know us, to point out in us anything that's displeasing to him. Anything that's not like him. And here is an important point you've got to write down. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but unlimited grace for those who turn from it. If you struggle with hypocrisy, there's hope. God is willing to forgive us if we turn from it. Jesus offers hope for the hypocrisy within us when he says this, Woe to you Pharisees, you religious leaders, you hypocrites. You are so careful to polish the outside of the cup, but inside is foul with extortion and greed. He says, blind Pharisees, and here's the hope. First cleanse the inside of the cup, and then the whole cup will be clean. There is hope for anyone and all of us that deal with hypocrisy. And here's the hope that we hold on to, and that's this. The God who knows you is the one who can change you. We might think we're fooling everybody, including God, with our mask, with our facade. You can fool everyone, but you can't fool God. God knows you. He knows you, the real you behind the mask. He knows the you that nobody else knows. God can remove the fear that keeps you behind the mask. And God wants you to be free because he loves the real you behind the mask. See, this distance between who we claim to be publicly and who we actually are privately, well, that's a gap that only you and God know. But we do know this, that we need to close that gap. And that's the issue we got to address. That's the application steps. How do we close that gap? between who we claim to be publicly and who we actually are privately. And I would say this, the first thing we do is this. We don't close the gap with perfection. It's not about trying to be perfect or having it all together. Only God is perfect. So we stay close to Him, learning His values, His priorities, so that they become our priorities, our values. David also says this in Psalms. He says, God, see what is in my heart. Know what is there. Put me to the test. Know what I'm thinking. See if there's anything in my life that you don't like. Help me live in a way that is always right. We'll never be perfect. Only God is perfect. But remember, while Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, he has unlimited grace for us every time we turn from it. In other words, he always offers forgiveness. And that's the other application step that we've got to address in this, if we're going to close the gap of who we claim to be publicly and who we actually are privately, we close the gap with Jesus. It's being honest with who we are and our need for Jesus. The truth is, is we'll never be authentic with others if we can't be authentic and real with ourselves. We have to acknowledge our need for Jesus. 
in order to close the gap that exists between who we claim to be publicly and how we really act privately. In Hebrews, it tells us this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We're never more like Jesus than when we're real, transparent, genuine, and authentic. There is hope and healing and acceptance for every recovering hypocrite. And while Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, he has unlimited grace every time we turn from it. Would you do me a favor and close your eyes? You might say, listen Dave, I, I can't drop the mask. I've been faking it for way too long. I've been pretending to be something that I'm not and I can't afford to be fully known. I can't afford to be real. And I would say you can't afford not to be real because living in the dark never exposes us to the light of God. It never exposes us to his healing grace. It never exposes us to his acceptance because we're never coming clean with ourselves. I wanna encourage you today to be genuine with yourself, to be honest with yourself so that you can be honest with God and you can be honest with others. Remember, we close the gap with Jesus and we close the gap with this relationship with Jesus. If you don't have that, I want to encourage you today to bring Jesus into the mess, to be honest with him. Listen, all of us need to be honest with Jesus. We're not hiding anything from him. We come clean and we say, look at, this is the mess. This is who I am. These are the inconsistencies that need to be dealt with. I don't like them. I despise them, like Paul said. I don't want to hide them. Father, I want you to deal with them. That's how we come clean. We give them to him. We say, listen, this is who I am, and I can't change myself. You need to change me. I give you permission to change me. Let's pray together right now. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we come to you, first of all, Father, for every person that's listening, every person that wants to begin this relationship with you, every person that wants to come clean, every person that chooses to be honest with you. Father, you see their hearts and you know their condition. You know their true selves. And Father, you also see the shame that's there that, that causes them to be secretive, that causes them to be something other than they are not. And Father, I just ask that you would, first of all, remove the shame, that you would help them to know that you love them and that you accept them. Father, I ask that as they come clean with you, as they bring the inconsistencies of their lives to the surface for you to deal with. The Father, they would find in you acceptance and forgiveness and change, and they would find in you authenticity that covers all of these issues. Father, help us to be learners so that we can become like you. Father, help us to know the values of your son Jesus, that we may be like Jesus. For each one of us today, Father, may today be the day that we become recovering hypocrites. May today be the day that we live this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know every anxious thought about me. Know every inconsistency within me. Search me and see if there's anything that displeases you, Father. And Father, teach me your values, that your ways 
become my ways, that your values become my values, that your heart becomes my heart. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you for bringing change into our lives that we so desperately need. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is going to be a great series like Jesus because it's going to challenge us to walk as he walked, to act like he acted, to understand his values. But we can't get there if we're pretending to be something we're not. We've got to deal with this hypocrisy thing first. And it's not something we deal with once. It's something we always deal with. So keep it on the front burner. Let that prayer be a part of your day. Search my heart today, God. Is there anything in me that is displeasing? Remove it. I don't want it there. I'm excited to see what Jesus does in our lives as we take on his values and as we become more like him. I'll tell you what, one of the ways that we could become more like Jesus is we get into a small group. Jesus surrounded himself with 12 disciples. He's had a small group with him all the time. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, if you're not in a connection group, that you would get into one. Listen, if we're ever going to trust people, if we're ever going to be authentic with people, if we're ever going to be real with people, then we've got to be exposed to people. And we've got to trust people in our lives. And I encourage you to trust yourself to people that love God. Trust yourself to people who love Jesus, who choose to be like Jesus. If you don't know what connection group to get involved in, you can call the church office, you can email me, or you can visit our website, FresnoQuest.com, go to the connection group pages, and they're listed there. Just get into a connection group so that you can be exposed to people that are going to encourage you and pray with you and love you and accept you, that are going to walk with you. Thank you guys so much for your financial gifts. Thank you for giving to the quest. Thank you for making your financial contributions a priority. Each and every one of you, we appreciate so very much. Remember, it's not about the amount. It's about what God tells us to give. And it's about giving with a cheerful heart. We give because it's such a privilege to invest what God has given to us into God's kingdom. I also want to remind you that we have this talk and other talks on a podcast entitled Fresno Quest Church, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Many others just look it up, Fresno Quest Church. We encourage you to do that. You can pass that information along to your friends as well. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Hope you have a blessed week, a great week. We look forward to seeing you next week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.